0: Welcome to Daybreak Devotions, a podcast version of the daily radio ministry of the McLeansville Baptist Church with your hosts, Pastors Mike Barnett and Corey Cantrell. And welcome back to today's edition of the Daybreak Devotions broadcast brought to you by the McLeansville Baptist Church. I'm your host today, Pastor Corey Cantrell, and I am so delighted that you have chosen to tune in with us once again today, we are going to be looking at a topic that we can never learn too much about, we'll never master it, but we can certainly grow in it. And I, I think if I had to determine and categorize it this way, we're, we're looking at prayer, but I think specifically intercessory prayer. What it is to be able to go to the Lord on behalf of somebody else or uh, you know something that we care about, something that we have personal stake in but so many times we think I, I don't even know what to do i don't even know how to go about addressing this i don't know i what 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 do i say i mean god already knows what he's going to do anyways right am i am i trying to change god's mind am i trying to I, what exactly is my purpose in intercessory prayer? We know that we're supposed to pray for one another. We know that we're supposed to bear you one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. We, And it's not that we're trying to shirk our responsibility, but I'm afraid that sometimes we can kind of, I don't know, feel empty, feel like we're just spinning our wheels and that's what I believe the Lord would have for us to look into a little bit today as we kick off another week of broadcasting and something that we can carry with us not only today but in the weeks to come but so we're looking today at intercessory prayer. What it means to go on to go in prayer rather on behalf of somebody else and I was reading in 1 John chapter number 5 and verse number 14 is especially but we're going to look at a few verses back but this this phrase caught my mind. And this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us, and if we know that he heareth us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. And I'm familiar with this this verse, this passage of scripture, and carried it with me for some time. But I don't know, call it the irony, or you know, my mind work, whatever terms you want to use. But the wording kind of jumped off and, and caught me to the point where it was like, wait a minute. It says. If we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. And if we know that He hear us whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of Him. So, if we ask according to the will of God, we know that He is going to grant us our request because that's His will and He's going to do His will. And and, and I got caught in this the circular reasoning cycle of, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, if I just operate... From where my mind is going right now. What I have been left with. Is I have been left with a ritual exercise. Of religiosity. That God wants me to do this. Because he's going to do it anyways. But he's just giving me the opportunity. To take part of what he's doing. In like a, a token manner. Friends I don't know about you. But that's not the God that is revealed from scripture. In in countless other places. We see how prayer moved the heart of God and how we we have an opportunity to take part in this work. So we know we're not trying to change God's mind. We're not trying to alter His will because His will is going to be done. We're also not simply just going through the motions because that's what good Christians are supposed to do. And yet if we're not careful, that's kind of what our prayer life can feel like. We have our prayer list and we go and we're just reciting names and, and we're hoping, I mean, we're, we're genuinely hoping that, Lord, I hope it is God's will that you heal this person, or I I hope it's God's will, but, but ultimately I don't know what it is that you're doing it. And so what do I really pray on behalf of this person? And so my mind got to thinking. And let's go back to verse number 11. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. And he that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in Him. Because we know that we have eternal life and we're settled on that, we now have confidence in Him that if we ask anything according to His will, He here with us. And then the exact same phrase that got my mind going on the hamster wheel, so to speak, is the exact same phrase that gave me the answer. If we ask anything according to his will, that means my intercessory prayer, I need to redirect to, okay, Lord, what do I know that you have revealed as your will for me to pray? Now, before we jump into these things, I want to go ahead and and say up front, when we have a sick loved one, we we absolutely ask and and pray, Lord. I'm asking you to heal this person. This this is what I want. This is what I'm desiring. I'm asking you to do this. But, ultimately, your will be done. And we see the greatest example of that of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus prayed, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. This is what I'm asking. I am asking you to this, but... Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. We see the yielding of our request always comes underneath of the will of God. So we, we ask what we want, but knowing these things and being able to pray in this way as well gives us the confidence, the assurance, the, the, the hope of if I don't necessarily get what I want, I know I can pray these things, and this is the will of God. So I'm going to ask you if you follow along with us. We're going to turn to Luke chapter number 22. Because what we see is, again, an example from Jesus of this thing of of praying after the will of God. In Luke chapter number 22, what you have in verse number 31, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon. Behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee. Now listen to what he prayed on Peter's behalf. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. When we are going on behalf of someone or, or we're engaging in intercessory prayer, Lord, I don't even know what to pray I don't know what to pray for this person. I don't know what to pray for my church. I don't know to pray for this situation. What do I do? First of all, we know it is the will of God that their faith holds fast. Jesus said, Simon, Satan hath desired to have you. He's bringing this attack. And we can almost ask the question, Well, then, why didn't Jesus pray against the attack of Satan? Why, why didn't he just... Say, Father, don't let Satan do what we know Satan wants to do. And we've got to understand that sometimes it is God's will for us to go through tough times and difficult trials because it is in those tough times and the difficult trials that we are strengthened and we grow. And why would He deny us the opportunity to be stronger? That's not what He's after. See, Jesus knew Peter. Satan is going to do this to you and you know what it's going to take you out it's going to hit you hard but fear not Peter i have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not it might knock you down peter it might it might take you out of the take you out of the fight for a little bit but my prayer In accordance to the will of the Father is that ultimately your faith would not fail. And when you are converted, that means when you are strengthened, when you are renewed in your mind, when you are back in the fight, you're going to come on the other side of this trial stronger than you are right now. And what Satan intended to use to bring this to your knees and to crumble you and to weaken you, I am praying that it will be used to make you a greater force for the kingdom. Now see, that's something that we can pray for everybody. Lord, I this trial that my friend, that my loved one is going through, I I I don't I don't know all of the ins and outs of it. I I I can't understand all of it. There's a lot of confusion. Lord, I know it is your will that their faith would be strengthened through this, that it would hold fast. And that's what I'm praying for. Now all of a sudden, we can claim 1 John 5 14 and 15 we ask anything according to his will he heareth us and if we know that he hear us we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him that kind of prayer is the kind of prayer that says yes that's after my will and i'm going to act on that i'm going to do that because my child is praying after my will and so i am going to honor that prayer we have played not just a token role in the will of god but now we have taken part in playing a vital role Role of God's will on behalf of my brother or sister. All right, so we pray that their faith holds fast. Second of all, if you want to turn with me, we're now going to be in the book of Isaiah, another familiar passage of Scripture, Isaiah chapter number 40, verse number 31. Prophet Isaiah says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, they shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. We see here another insight into the will of God, and it is that our strength would be renewed. God desires to strengthen His people. Now, this is sounds similar, but it is different to your faith holding fast and strengthening our faith. Faith is our our confidence in who God is and in the work of God and and, and and what God is doing that's our faith This kind of strength though is talking about the physical and the emotional and the spiritual strength that we do that we need not only to endure the trial that we are in but to conquer in the trial that we are in now there's a big difference in those two things. I can have strong faith in God and say, God, I, I know who you are. I know your goodness. I know your grace, but I'm tired of this trial and I'm just done fighting and I'm just ready for you to take me home. You see an example of that with Elijah. Elijah, uh, after he after he comes off the mountain and after he has the big showdown with Baal, I mean, his confidence with God is is at an all time high. He he knows, his faith in God is anchored, but his physical strength is gone. Gone. Just Lord, just let me die. I'm the only one left. Just I'm just the fight's not worth it any longer. I'm done. He did not need an anchoring of his faith. What he needed was a renewing of his strength because God wasn't done with him yet. He still had a work to do. There was a next level to go to. There was a greater fight to finish. See, when we know that we have friends and loved ones, brothers and sisters in our church that are going through trial, it is good to pray that their faith would hold fast. But it is also good to pray, Lord, strengthen them for the fight that they are in. Anchor them in and and be the source of motivation, of encouragement, of empowerment. Be that for them, Lord. They need that. They they are in desperate, desperate need. Now, all of a sudden, my prayer is taking on more meat. I've I've got some clear things to ask for other than just... Uh, Lord, this person is sick. This person is going through a struggle. Lord, be with them. That's a great thing to pray. But I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm preaching just to myself. But sometimes I just kind of feel like, Lord, I, you've got to be calling me to more than just than just this. I, what is this about? Oh, okay. Lord, strengthen their faith. Help them to keep their eyes on you. The enemy wants to take their eyes off of you and to place it on the trials and it's going to weaken their faith. Lord, I know that may happen. I know they may be like Peter on the sea. They may see the waves. They may see the storm and they may they may uh, just get discouraged in you for a little bit. But Lord, strengthen their faith. Help them to quickly redirect their eyes back to you. And then Lord, give them a renewed sense of of inner strength to continue on another day, to not give up the fight, to anchor down, and to say, "All right, I'm not going to be moved. I'm gonna, I'm gonna continue on another day." Then, finally, just as a a third way that we can engage in intercessory for, in in, in, <laughs> in intercessory prayer, I'll get my words out here is in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5. This is Paul, and he is beginning to close out the first letter here to the Thessalonian church, and he gives us a lot of of good kind of quick rapid-fire counsel. It all ties in together. But he says in verse 16, Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks. Now notice this. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So again, we're talking about how do, we, how do we pray in accordance to God's will on behalf of someone. Well, it is always God's will that we rejoice and give thanks in everything that takes place in our life. So you know what we can pray? Lord, help this person to see how they can give thanks to you in the middle of this trial. In this trial, would they be drawn to praise? Because if for anybody that's been in the middle of a trial before, sometimes it is hard to see how we can offer praise in the middle of that. Why? Because we're in the middle of the fight. We're beat down. We're, we're going through it, and, and it is so easy to get our eyes on everything else that, that we just lose sight of praise. That's just the reality of the human condition. So when I'm not in the middle of a trial, when I'm not in the middle of, a, of an intense battle, but I know someone that is near and dear to me is, that's a great prayer. Lord, I, I've been there. I've been in their shoes. And I am asking you to intervene on their behalf and help them to see how they can praise and honor and glorify you in the middle of this. Now I am no longer a casual bystander to my friends and loved ones suffering. Now I am am helping them to bear that burden because I know their faith is under attack. I know their strength to continue is being depleted. I know they're going to have a hard time seeing the praise in the midst of this. But God, I know it is your will that their faith Remain strong. I know it is their will that their strength be renewed. And I know it is your will that they praise you and glorify you in the middle of this. And so this is what I am interceding on their behalf. You see, the person going through the struggle may not be able to pray those three things at that time. They may be in a season where they are just, they're hit so hard, their faith is so shaken, their strength is so depleted. They, they just, they can't lift up their eyes to heaven. And it's not that they won't. It's not that they're failures. It's just that the trial has them just bound, beaten down. So we don't look in condemnation And I don't believe any of us that are are really trying to intercede on the behalf of anybody else, we don't have condemnation for it. Sometimes it's just legitimately, I don't know what to pray. This, okay, I can intercede. They are going to have maybe a hard time praying for these things. They may not even have the words to articulate this kind of a prayer, but I can on their behalf. And you know what happens? All of a sudden, they start getting that, that anchoring of their faith. They start getting the renewing of that strength. They start lifting their eyes to praise to God. And now their prayer returns and their strength returns. And now they are a force to be reckoned with, not in their own might, but because of the might of God. And you, dear brother, dear sister, have played an immensely valuable role in that process. It is why we cannot live the Christian life alone. We cannot make it. I know the cliche sound says all I need is me and Jesus. And that sounds so pious and it sounds so spiritual, but it is just so wrong. Jesus knows how prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. He, he, he knows. And he gave us one another. He gave us the church, not because... They're not going to be able to make it with just me, so I guess I better give them what they need. No! He knows the difficulty. He is a God that is touched with the feeling of our infirmities. He has experienced everything that we have. Yeah, well, Jesus didn't need anybody other than the Father. Well, I think you're going to have a hard time explaining the value of the twelve disciples. They were his friends. They were his confidants. We, we, we... We so, we so spiritualize that it is sickening that, that, that Jesus was this, this superhuman. And, and Jesus, by his own words, lived a life as an example to us. Pattern after me. Look at what I did because this is what I needed in order to accomplish the Father's will. And you're going to need the same thing. Now, this is hopeful. Now, I know I can be an encouragement, a real, genuine encouragement. Now, I can trust other people to be a real, genuine encouragement to me. I need them. I'm dependent on them. I must have them. And it's okay for me to say that because Scripture reveals the exact same reality. And so, I don't argue, I just enter in and rejoice. So let's go to the mat for somebody today. Let's intercede on their behalf that their faith would be strong, that their strength would be renewed, and that in whatever it is they're going through, they would be able to see how they can rejoice in the goodness of God through it all. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today. I trust that you have a wonderful remainder of your day. We'll see you next time. We Thank you for joining us on today's program. We hope that you'll tune in with us each and every day right here on Daybreak Devotions as Pastor Mike and I will discuss various topics in God's Word. If you've got any questions, comments, we would love to hear from you at, daybreakdevotion at gmail.com.